let's say people are critical of what you're doing or they don't like the material you're putting clips out there for. The people that are saying that stuff aren't putting stuff out. It's easy to be critical. It's hard to do the work. Yes, it is hard to do the work. <laughs> Case in point, me right now. Welcome to Comedy Babble, <laughs> the podcast that discusses the do-nots of stand-up comedy. My mission is to help young comedians have a long career in this kooky business because stand-up is not just about you. Sorry. It's about making great impressions with audiences, bookers, and your colleagues. And how do you do that? You are easy to get along with, and you're funny. I should have said funny first, but whatever. Save the best for last. I'm your host, Trent Babb, and my special guest today is comedian David Wells. And with that said, let the babbling begin. Okay, so we are here, and you are, what's your name again? David Wells. Okay, and what do you do? I'm a comic in Bakersfield, pretty new to the game myself, and so my experience is, and I'm older, I'm in my 40s, so my experience is like an older guy trying to break in, I think. Maybe it's uh, helpful coming from a different perspective. So we're going to start off with what really bothers me. What I'm going to gripe about today is when a comic gets on stage and the first thing they say is, why are you here? <laughs> why did you guys come out for this? It's like, no, no, keep him here. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to that man on stage with a spotlight, amplified, making him seem more important than the rest of us. Don't listen to him. Why are you here? Am, am I alone in this? <laughs> I, I like when the audience members yell back at the guy, be funny. Be funny. Because <laughs> that, that's the answer, right? Like, win them. It's, it is, it's frustrating. That one, yeah, it's frustrating because it's like you didn't even give their material a chance to get a laugh. Exactly. And open mic seemed like a weird place to dig a hole with the crowd and then try and get out of it in three minutes. No, you bring up a good point. Open mics are different than shows. But still, first impressions. You're going up there and you're asking a very confrontational question. Why are you here? Like if you're going to have a party, everyone's having a good time, then someone walks in, you go right up to them. Why are you here? Oh, it's terrible. Are well, they going to feel invited? I wouldn't like it. Okay, so I book a show monthly. I wouldn't have that comic on my show because I'll have friends and family at it. We'll have people from the neighborhood or people that are their friend, uh, their comics friends out there. I, I, I don't want somebody that's creating an adversarial environment on a show, especially if they're an opener. And look, we're doing open mics. We're not super established. You know, they might be, I featured uh, uh, recently for a comic and I felt like my job was to make sure that the crowd was energetic and laughing and having fun before the headliner. And like, yeah, it, it, that's definitely something that if that person went on right before me, I would, I would be more frustrated. I'd be hopefully at the open mic, I'm done before they do that. I'm like, well, I can leave. Well, you just brought up an interesting thing. You said opening the show, opening the open mic. So closing the mic, the very last comic, people hung around for two hours. I mean, three hours, some of these open mics, and people stick around. What do you think? Does, does that same rule apply to the guy going up last going, why are you here? It's like, you, okay, you're the last, no one has to follow that. Okay, dig yourself out of that hole that you just made. That Okay, so this happened two weeks ago at an open mic here. We had 16 comics, uh, and it was a, a small audience, maybe 10, 15 people, and a huge room, no laughs. I mean, a comic might get like a, a light chuckle, but there was it was 16 straight bombs. 
Everybody. And these are some of the best comics around here going up, doing good material, trying to win this small crowd to their side. And I honestly was thinking, why did these people come out? Like they're sitting in, I don't know if they got surprised. They walked into like this big room. They're like, I'll sit down. I can eat my food here. But it was the first, it was a perfect game. The audience pitched the perfect game. So the last comic went up there and he, he just, he just yelled at the audience and it felt like vindication for the rest of the comics uh that particular night but even that he didn't yell why are you here an open mic it's silly to me like you're work your material the whole reason we're at the open mic is to work material and it just feels like it's a person that usually they go up there they don't have material to begin with and this is their like i'm going to create an adversarial environment to try and do crowd work which is fine you can do crowd work but i think that it's not as effective and it certainly doesn't translate over if I'm booking or if you're booking a show or for a club booker to be like, oh, I want this guy to berate my audience before a headliner goes up <laughs> and they paid, you know, 25 bucks a ticket plus two drink minimum. And, oh, I mean, like, yeah, no, I wouldn't want that person. Let's just say overall first impressions are everything and you start off your set. Why are you here? You're hurting yourself. And the other comics, because you're putting the crowd in a place like, I don't feel welcomed. Oh, I, I totally, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that there's, there's the rare exceptions, right? I think Andrew Dice Clay could have done it. Sam Kinison. Yeah, they get their audiences, but, but, but we're also, nobodies but right also now. But also their image is that persona. True. They're creating it. If so, that is your persona, the, the confrontational guy. Okay, I totally get Because there's exceptions to the rules. There are going to be exceptions. But gosh, there's, you know, we're talking two of the best to do it versus the 15 to 30 open micers. Yeah. Especially because it's not one comic that does that. It's what's one comic does it. Every third comic goes up there and then gets into it with the audience. So, guys, listen up. Don't say, why are you here? Don't challenge the audience up front. First impressions are everything. Be welcoming. Be you. And then, hey, if the audience doesn't give it to you, you you think you delivered that great punchline, why are you here? Fine. They deserved it. So now we're going to move on to our guest, David Wells. Tell it to me, man. What have you experienced that has just annoyed you, bothered you, irked you about the comedy scene? Yeah, it's the only thing that really, like when you asked me, that came to mind was when a comic posts something about getting booked on a show or we're at an open mic and somebody says, hey, I got booked on this show. And then another comic complains about, that comic like oh they're not funny they shouldn't be on the show i'm funnier than them that bugs me because comedy is hard it's a hard thing to do wait it is yeah it's it's hard to get booked and when you're starting out the just getting one booking is a huge deal and i'm a big believer in and maybe it's just because i'm older now but we got to celebrate other people's success when they have little successes because that leads to bigger success. And I really believe that like most of the bookings that happen in comedy come from other comics and connections you make. Yes. And these other, the comics that are out there and they're talking trash about this comic got booked on this and I didn't get booked on that show. And how come they got booked on it? They don't realize that they're slowly burning bridges with comics who meet other people. And like, uh, you know, you've had me on shows and you've booked me on shows and I'm always thankful for those things. And, if somebody complains about me being booked on the show, that would bo- it would bother me personally. They might be right. Maybe they are funnier than me. It just maybe the show isn't right for them in their particular style. And I think that's another thing. Is like if you get booked on a show and I don't, well, our styles are very different. The types of 
uh, jokes that we do are different and we're going to fit better in certain types of shows. Well, what about that initial feeling? Because I do get worked up. I do get jealous. I am what bothers you at first. That's just my initial emotional reaction. But then I, next one, keep keep going. Keep posting clips. Keep working those mics. Keep putting pictures up. Keep uh, being a cheerleader. And through your good intentions and attitude, they'll think of you next time, you know? I, I, read, I, I heard somebody tell this story. It was, uh, there's two ways to make your building look bigger. You can build on it and make it bigger, or you can tear down buildings around it. Oh. I think there's a lot of comics that- Nice analogy. Sp- <laughs> I wish it is was that mine. yours? No, it's not. I Whose it. is it? <laughs> but the idea I like is that there's, a, there's plenty to go around. This isn't the 1980s where there was like- you had to get a sitcom or there's like a handful of clubs in the country that are booking comics. Uh, there's there's a lot. And you can make your own thing now, right? You can start your own show. You can promote it. You can build it up. You can create a podcast. You can uh, promote a YouTube channel. All of those things are things that are within the scope of a comic now that used to not be. Uh, I mean, how many great specials got put out on YouTube Exactly. Buy comics over the last year that got millions and millions of views, and they're fantastic. So for me, it's like, I don't have an hour, but if I had an hour and then I saw somebody put out their own special for an hour, I would hope that my response would be like, man, good for them. That's a that's impressive. It's hard to have an hour's worth of material. I probably should take more ownership of getting my stuff out. Like You put your stuff out there on YouTube, and I respect that because you're doing the business side of show business. I'm just trying to show people that I'm staying busy. That's good. My point is that I want to celebrate that. I want to encourage that and go, hey, you you can complain about, let's say they're complaining about you, Trent, and they're like, oh, Trent's got this, and let's that, that joke's, that are. thing's not funny. I'm like, now I do know this. There was an old preacher in the 1800s named uh, Dwight Moody. Deal Moody, and he's he used to get criticized for being like uh, evangelizing and how he went about doing it. Okay. People would criticize him, and he he said, uh, "Well, I like the wrong way I'm doing it better than the right way you're not." Ooh, eighteen hundred smack talk, <laughs> right? And then he got kicked <laughs> out of the church. No, he didn't. Um, and then they burn him at the <laughs> stake, but he is remembered. Let's say people are critical of what you're doing, or they don't like the material you're putting clips out there for. The people that are saying that stuff aren't putting stuff out. It's easy to be critical. It's hard to do the work. I like how you're saying celebrate uh, hard work. They earned it in a way. You you keep putting your time in, you know, patience, persistence, and politeness. You know, uh, Dusty Slay says that. Great comic out of uh, uh, Nashville. And I try to live by that so much and that's what helps me calm down. Like Martin Norman's a good example or Sam Earl, those guys. um, I don't know them personally. But I see how they talk about comedy and their friends in comedy. And the one thing that they have in common is they don't trash talk other comic successes. I totally get what you're saying, man. I feel like, like it doesn't have to be as cutthroat, though. It doesn't, but we're artists and we're sensitive. And we let our emotions run wild sometimes. No, but you're so right. Let's not trash each other for getting other gigs, you know, be proud of their successes. And I also think that like that attitude has, has allowed me to find more support within the comic community because they don't look at me as a person that's trash talker. I'm not alienating people. I'm not frustrated. I'm not trying to fix everybody else. Um, I'm just excited. I love, like I, you know, I had a pretty good set tonight and who knows what my set will be on Sunday or on next Wednesday. <laughs> Might be a, a, a rough set, and then we'll redo the podcast. I'm like, you know what I hate? Yeah, How I got something that? else for you, Trent. So overall, final thought. 
what do you have to say about this topic? Yeah, just stop complaining. Stop complaining. Don't complain about the guy that got the opening spot for a comic coming through town instead of you. But there, you're going to be successful at some things and not others. Give it time. We're all on our own journey, guys. That's what it all comes down what to. What do they say? Ten years? They do, but... I don't know who they is, but <laughs> I'm going to be like in my 50s when I hit 10. Uh, hopefully I'm... Best comics in the world are the grumpy old guys. I'm and you're s- halfway there. <laughs> Maybe not. Great. That was our griping, as they say. David, thank you so much. I want to play a clip. So let's uh, listen to David telling some comedy. I did get a gym membership. I like my gym because they have an app, and I sign in on the app. And when I sign in, they send me a text message right away. It says, great job. Then I don't go. (laughs) I pour a drink, and I celebrate a little victory. It's great. I do need to get in shape. I had an incident with my son. My youngest son's 11. I picked him up from his mom's, and we're driving to my house, and he says, Dad, when I'm an adult, the first meal I'm going to have is fries and a milkshake. It's like, fries and a milkshake? He goes, yeah, Dad, fries and a milkshake, because there ain't nothing wrong with that. And in my mind, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. But also, I've got to stop shame eating Baconators in front of this kid. (laughs) And I want to get in shape. I really do, Uh, but it takes so much effort, months to get in shape, and just one trip to Wendy's to give up. Oh, it needs work. It it does. (laughs) We all need work. (laughs) It's the uh, it's the uh, uh, Trent. You're you're always been uh, generous with your feedback. Uh, uh, yeah, a little too. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm trying to stop telling other people my feedback, and that's why I got this podcast going. I'm like, I got to vent this out to someone to help me be more positive because it, we're in the, for the long term, and you're gonna burn out if oh, you yeah. get too upset. And that's what this is all about. We're venting, we're griping, we're letting it out, and realizing it's not that bad. David Wells, thank you so much. Where can we follow you on on the socials? Uh, Instagram DM Wells one zero one. That's the best place to follow me or at Sweatpants Sessions. Trent, thank you, brother. Thank you. Hey, that's the end of our episode. We made it. Or I made it. I don't even know who's listening to this. I hope it's young comedians that are taking note. Write it down so it gets into your muscle memory. Do not say, why are you here? And be happy for your colleagues that are getting ahead in this kooky, kooky business called stand-up comedy. Because if you keep at it, your turn's going to come. And then someone else will be jealous of you. And that's a great feeling. I've never felt it, but I hear great things. Big shout out to John Espinoza for doing the theme for Comedy Babble. And thank you again, David Wells, giving us his advice. Be happy for others. I was your host, Trent Babb. Tune in next week for more Comedy Babble. Comedy Babble.